Oh, hey! Welcome back to a very special episode of Turn the Page. Due to some supernatural uh, technical difficulties experienced during Friday the 13th's full moon, we will be coming to you not live, uh, yet you'll still see us on YouTube. So, once we post this, don't forget to check us out. Like, subscribe, share with your grandmother, all that cool jazz. And by our next episode, we will have this uh, supernatural energy cleared away. We will call the uh, Winchester brothers to have them purge the area. And we will be back with you as we normally are scheduled in a chaotic fashion. Yes. Yes. All right, what's the first? Freaky. On the, oh, yeah. Freaky Friday. <laughs> this is another Freaky Friday. So they're just messing with my head. Maybe they messed with your head. Uh, if you can tell what's wrong with the video and know what's different, I'll give you a cookie. So, right into us. Um, starting with the news. As if we had never done it before because it's new. Uh, there is some news, and I want you to be astonished when you hear this. Um, I will, I promise. Calm yourself. I know you're still angry. Some news is hidden this week, and we're going to let Ronnie take it away and let us know what's been going on, what's going to affect the video game, retail, and collector community. You're talking about GameStop. Yes. Oh, how did you know? I didn't know things. Some sort of... Woo! No, uh, GameStop, yeah, um... The CEO just announced that there are going to be about close to 200 store closings by the end of this year, and it's pretty terrible, uh, not only for the you know collecting community and video game community and people that like actually going in brick and mortar stores, but it's even more terrible for those that have made GameStop a livelihood, like the managers um, and everybody, not the part-timers, they'll be fine, they're part-timers, they get paid crap, but the... Um, Managers and everybody there. I mean, people that made their livelihood. They enjoyed working there. Uh, those that actually, and yeah, sometimes the part timers too. You know, like some people like they can always get a job at FedEx. Well, it's just the, yeah. the retail uh, it's situation. Tough. Like going forward into the future, like oh, these types of jobs are going away. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, in the pet, next ten years, they're they're gonna be well, far and few in between. The thing is, it's like they're restructuring everything, and they're actually going to start carrying. They're going to be ripping off of uh, another chain, which some of you may have heard of if you live um, in this area or Arkansas, Oklahoma. It's the exchange. It's uh, the it? game exchange. Yes. Uh, they're actually game ripping exchange. off their idea. I like game bit. exchange. They're going to be selling retro stuff eventually at GameStop. So like, like Super Nintendo NES games, and NES, like gold Zelda cartridges and. Uh, yeah. DuckTales 2. So, like, if they still had a Power Glove or a Game Genie? Yeah, well, Power I mean, Glove. that's the only way to go is to go back because people, I mean, collecting has gotten insane in that area. I mean, there was a person that paid, it's like some kind of, what was it? Like some sort of sealed Mario copy that was really rare because it was like one of the first runs or something. And, uh, like, I was talking to you, John, that one day about... You know how we think it's stupid people get comics graded because like it's just never going to be read. Yeah. Well, people are doing that with video games now and getting those graded, and people are paying like several thousand dollars for them. Oh, a, a grading system. For yeah, grading like systems for cartridges and, like and 
That's ridiculous. Package games. I um. So would you have to mail that off and get it sealed in a plastic package with I the grading? Vacuum yeah. sealed, never be played again. I understand the idea of archiving stuff, but like for for what I understand, a lot Put of it people in the museum. A lot of people do it be like Doctor Jones to increase the value of it. So what prompted this? My for guess is Doctor Jones. Someone like forgot they bought like something for their kid for one Christmas. Like he got a ton of stuff. Got it left stayed the in the Christmas closet. It stayed in the Christmas closet in the mm-hmm. attic. And then 20 years later, you're going through the old stuff. And you're like, here's an unopened box of uh, NES with like Mario and the little robot and everything. Untouched, pristine for 20 years, going for $13,000 on eBay, you know. And so I was like, oh. If I could prove that I had a perfect copy, let me right. go and get it graded. Mm. And like, you know, I understand like, you know, back when I was collecting comics, mm. it was like near mint, mint, you know, uh, and that's all there was. I had an 8.5 yeah. one. Good, you know, mm. very good. <laughs> but like, um, that was just a scale to give us an idea of like. I get, I mean. But you're just stealing something away. I had away. an 8.5 of uh, issue number 94 of the Uncanny X-Men. Like right? graded? Yeah, I'd say it sold. Yeah. Did you grade it to sell? I was interested in eating food at the time. Yeah. So yeah. Well, then, yeah, that, that's fine. That's a smart idea. It was a couple grand. So... I mean, it is just yeah, like... Yeah, that was very smart. It is just like but, getting it certified. Like, see, I'm fine with that. Like, if you have an expert come in, say, hey, this is a mint condition, and then, like, seal it off, sign it, grade it. Like, but if you're doing it and then just storing it away to be sold again. Like, I don't know. I, I don't. Like I, there was a there was a time I went to this fellow's house, and when I walked in, he had several framed. Like he had had them yeah, shipped I'll, off. They were they were comic graded. They were sent back to him with the, the number, and then he framed them and he had them hanging on the wall. And, and they're beautiful. It, no, I mean, as no, far as art pieces cool. go. Now that's I can understand. Like if you're gonna frame them and put them up, because you just want to collect them. Like if you're afraid of them like losing stuff over time. Or if you time. have copies and you can read yeah. your copies. Um, some people believe, this has been said, uh, what's the point of keeping a book after you've read it? You read it again. Oh, that's my well, they say like they put it up on the shelf just to prove their own significance and mental progress. I've read this book. No, I most read of my all books of these on books. my shelf I have not read. But... <laughs> Yeah, honestly. You don't actually need problem. to read it to put it on the if shelf. If my Kindle library were an actual bookshelf system, yeah. you, we've all seen Beauty and the Beast, right? Where yeah. she's taken oh, to the library yeah. and every little girl ever witnessed their dream come true. That library is what would be needed to present my Kindle archive. Yeah. Like it, it, so I do understand where y'all are coming from with the, the digital side of the community and our evolutionary process um, is killing art, more or less. Having the art, having the art representation in a physical form. Well, me, it's more or less of just being angry that it's driving prices up on everything and now I'm never going to be able to afford um, the things I really want. Oh, you just wait for the bubble to pop. You could make uh, the opposite argument. You could That's say so that the grading long. system That's has actually shit. driven the prices of non-graded books down. It has. Yeah, so I can get uh, New Mutants 98 um, for pennies as long as it's not graded. You know? Yeah, exactly. probably. You probably can, but it's, at the same time, when you think about the... And this is the thing, too. Okay, one thing that I missed from my childhood... 
was when you got out the comic book, you pulled it out of the bag of the board, right? And and you slide it out. You're careful with the tape when you're peeling it off. Oh, yeah. You slide yeah. it out of the, the sleeve. The moment that you could open it up and that first whiff of, like, it's like newsprint, I guess. But that paper mixed with that ink that they mm. were using at the time is probably next to, like, fresh-baked cherry cheesecake or uh, mm. something of that level. Uh, things that I can't even say on, on public TV. Um, that whiff, for you, just after you say your piece, I have a question. But that whiff, to me, was one of the most beautiful experiences of reading the comic book. So, like, today's That's age what my question was, gonna be was when you open this and it's this plastic yeah. uh, page and and it just, I don't even know what it smells like. like it how would smell. this have, how would you have read this differently if it was just on a tablet? Would it have, would this have been, had a different, would you have experienced this differently? How does the appeal hit me when I'm reading things on the tablet? Yeah. Like for me, I'm going to say, if, if I had read this book, uh, comic book uh, that we're going to review here in a bit, um, on a tablet, my experience of it probably wouldn't have changed. But having said that, like, along with what you were saying, like, there is something about, like... There's no kinesis to it. Yeah. That, this was an old uh, issue of, like, Teen Titans, for example. Right. Which I have there would, a lot of. There would be there, something yeah. different about it. And I can't really put my finger on it. it. The the experience of it... And I'll say this. I think that my connection to the original experience of it... Because I had, originally, my two big runs were um, the new Teen Titans run... Mm -hmm. I had a couple hundred issues of that. And then I had a huge collection of the Uncanny X-Men run, which went from its beginning through to the 80s. So, now, getting back to that, like, would you collect the comics and put it on your shelves just to show everyone how, like, your intellectual uh, heights I think that, I, well, yeah, when, you, when you're when you a comic book collector and you have the big boxes. I had the, I had the big boxes. I've even got, yeah, the hulk size boxes yeah. that go out, like, that far. You can't even them. pick it up. I'll pick through them and, like, revisit old I stories, love doing yeah. that. And I still, I, I mean, I still have a lot of them in storage, about 20 boxes that are still That's in storage. That's a lot of boxes. It's a lot of comics. And some I of that came from, uh, I had this cousin, Michael, and he did for a long time. He was selling eBay style when it was a big thing. And yeah. he was, so I sold some of my books to him. He'd sell some of his. And it would be like this weird trade between, between us. I mean, even going back all the way to when I had the full run of Crisis. On Infinite Earth. Oh, yeah. I had that full run, but he had the full run of the Age of Apocalypse. Now, looking at it in a collector's term, I had the better piece. Yeah. Obviously. But in my mind, I wanted to read that whole story of Age of the of Apocalypse. So, for me to trade, it wasn't that big of a deal because I'm not a collector to be a seller. Yeah. He was a collector to sell. So, he got a good end on that. But I mean, you both. I got to yeah. experience the age of apocalypse. That's a good trade. It was in both parties, like right. uh, are uplifted. Like he right. gets what he wants, you get what you right. want. Right, exactly. And so, I mean, eventually, when we got to be older, um, he would give some things back to me, or I'd, and he ended up getting married, and so he gave a lot of the collection to me. So no more comics. Well, he has them, <laughs> and he's regrowing his collection again. But it's kind of like he has a. a a set number limit. Yeah. So it's like, you've collected too much, Michael. Dwindle it down again and remember that you are a professor of philosophy. And that and you're says, married. Ah, yes. And <laughs> so he, he gives them away or sells them again or something. 
And speaking of boxes, um, there's a interesting news article happened today where James Gunn unleashed 24 cast members for a Suicide Squad today. And yeah. it's just a list of a lot of people. When I say boxes, because Peter Capaldi is going to be in it. Which That's he was the hardest yeah, thing. Do we know who uh, Capaldi is playing? Nobody knows who anybody is playing just except for released. Margot Robbie yeah, and wow. the cast from the original movie. I think that's actually the twist. Margot Robbie is going to be Batgirl. That, <laughs> no, Batgirl she's Lynch? actually confirmed to be Harley Quinn. Or Batgirl, is yeah. she in it? No. Why did you mention Batgirl? Uh, they actually they have a Birds of Prey uh, preview. So Is she in that? This week, yeah. uh, Ronnie and I, we decided to go on a little movie adventure. Mm-hmm. So um, we took the technical uh, IT guy that we mm-hmm. use, uh, great and powerful Dan Stevens. They did not take me. That we, um, no, he lives in a different dimension of art it's and grandeur. Away. It's very far away. It's hard to get him. So we ended up going and we saw the movie It Chapter 2. Okay, so, but before we get into that, um, one of the previews at the beginning of it, now, you know from being in my age group, knowing the terror of watching uh, Tim Curry as It, yeah, as I a know child, Tim Curry is the it. red floating balloon. I was very okay? sheltered. So, the red floating balloon is kind of like, in your mind, as soon as you see that, you're either thinking about the, the old 1980s music video. Well, there's a couple of things I think about, <laughs> but one of them is It. Another one is um, this really old, uh, like, French film, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. the Red Balloon. Yeah. Know, which is interesting. I never put those together with It. But so, I wonder it, it, the Red Balloon blows up, yeah. and that's that's the It kind of, you, you know that that's supposed to signify Pennywise or whatever. So there's all these floating Red Balloons, but there's a WBDC symbol in the background. It's like, what's going on? It, weird. Pennywise has nothing to do with DC. And then all of a sudden, this baseball bat starts smashing through them, and Harley Quinn, Margaret Robbie, staying there, and she says, "I'm freaking tired of all these clowns." And it leads uh, yeah. into the little preview of Birds of Prey. Now, if you're a comic book aficionado or interested in in that community, um, Harley Quinn, Batgirl, uh, the Huntress. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a little while, I think Black Canary. Yeah, Black Canary is in it. Katana is in it at one point. Poison of Ivy. Yeah. Uh, so the the Birds of Prey and the Sirens of Gotham were kind of like tied together a little bit uh, mm-hmm. in that concept of the female, some bad, some good, but they're all working together to kind of safeguard yeah. gar- Gotham. So I think it would be interesting to introduce a Batgirl within the Birds of Prey movie. That would be good. I have always really appreciated her character, the Barbara Gordon version of the character. I'm just excited. Like Oracle. Oh, I love yeah. the Oracle thing. And it's kind of sad when New 52 happened and took her back to Batgirl. So now she's no wheelchair. Oh, she's, she's Batgirl yeah. again. She's just that Batgirl yeah, again. She's young. Weird. She's gone off to be like a young Batgirl in some other That's city. Weird. Well, that is um, weird. Isn't I like still Gordon's the, daughter. She is, yeah, but she's just young weird. again and not hurt. But you're supposed to know that she did get hurt at one point in time, but got better. It's fine. The new Fifty Two kind of screwed my world up, and then so did yeah. Rebirth. Um, the soft reboots really hurt my head because you're including some information, yeah. but it's it's intuitive. So you as the reader are left on your own haunches until a writer says, yes, we're including this as canon. 
So it's kind of like when Dan says to me, ah, headcanon accepted. Yeah. Um, well, DC kind of like threw all of this stuff at me and my headcanon backfired. Well, I was the last, when I last visited DC, there was uh, multiple Superman, like they took aspects of different Superman versions throughout history and kind of molded these new guys. None of them equaling like what I knew of the Superman, but each having an You're aspect. Dan Jurgen's Superman. Yeah. Well, I was a Dan Jurgen's Superman kid. I, uh, I was a Dan Jurgen's Superman. Um, and John Barron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Barron is my Superman. That's the Superman that I think of in my mind. Um, and so was that, that was like uh, late 80s or late 80s, 90s. about to get to the 90s when yeah. Dan Jurgens took over. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, for me, like, Death of Superman was one of the biggest moments of my life. Yeah, I remember that. That was, um, that was a big moment in your life. Yeah. He was there for that. Thank you for being there. Yeah, for yeah. Me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, speaking of. How did we of... steal that bag? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had the Death of Superman bag. If you go back to the first episode, I explained how I had taken out the comic so I could read it. Uh, and then I got the ingenious idea as like a little kid. Well, I could put any comic book in here and then re-steal the bag. And then anyone who buys it from me would never open the bag. Speaking of that, there are these monsters in the world that go to they go to the store. So the, the, the big toy community <laughs> thing right now <laughs> is Marvel Legends. Okay. It's a collecting... Uh, oh, it's Hasbro bad. puts out this series called it's Marvel bad. Legends. And so when they do this, they come out with a set of about six or seven figures. Mm-hmm. Um, and about six of them, usually one short of the full set, has a piece inside of it. To build a figure. Oh, a bigger figure. Yeah. Right. They did something so, similar like in the uh, early 2000s. Right, the Toy Biz yeah. stuff. So uh, now what people are doing, because these boxes aren't sealed backboards anymore, they're actual open boxes. Are they just stealing those pieces? They're just stealing that piece oh and God. either leaving it there in the store with no piece in it, yeah. or they take another Builder Figure piece that they don't want or have an extra of, and they put it in there. Or they replace, like they'll find two packs... Say, let's see, Ella and Scourge from Thor Ragnarok. They'll replace the figure with a different figure and a completely different head. Like, they oh, had yeah. a... What? One that yeah. I saw was, like, really... If it fits in that that plastic, yeah, they're doing it. it. Yeah. And I don't even know, like, what about the poor parent that's out there that knows that their kid likes Marvel stuff? Right. Oh my God. And so there's grandma or mom and she's like walking through Walgreens and she's like, oh, well, little Johnny loves this. So she buys it, gives it to him. He's like, the hell is this? You know, like, I mean, she doesn't know, but she doesn't know. So she spent all the, the, that normal price that about 20 bucks for a figure that's supposed to be, uh, just for hypothetical, this is supposed to be Captain America. But somebody took an old beat up. Um, what's a really crappy character you wouldn't want? Well, Toad. But something way off Toad. the wall. Yeah, <laughs> something off the wall. Maybe like a GI Joe or a Star Wars figure, and there just slips Star it in Wars there. Figures. No one wants. Ice it. Cream Man, Star Wars. Yeah. Ice what the heck? Is, what is this about? So, anyway, that's been going on. I witnessed it today. Uh, but you saw someone steal one of the figures? I didn't see them do it. You saw the results. I saw the results of it. I've, I've, I'm on a Facebook page that's actually called Action Figure Junkies. Check it out if you're into that sort of stuff. Um, it's a great page, but a Absolutely. lot of the collector community gets on there and tells people, and they, they, they'll say, the 
the build a figure monster hit again and they'll show where like a whole piece was missing or something. Yeah. But I actually saw it in the wild today and it it kind of appalled me. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. What kind of a person are you? Be like the rest of us. Spend exorbitant amounts of money to fulfill your dreams. Don't steal other people's dreams to fulfill your dreams. You know what used to appall me was um, I had a friend that was a collector of uh, robots and stuff like that, and he's got a big collection. And like real ones, or just well, they're not like like Robocop Transformers, and Transformers. Like that, okay, yeah. okay. Um, and something similar would happen, like where you would get people who would get a side job working at a Toys R Us, and when the shipment came in, they would hoard the they would the good hoard stuff. them and then sell them online. So yeah. you, as a customer, you know, I'm going to go on a run to see what's out there, and only Bumblebee, yeah. aisles and aisles of Bumblebee, because like uh, they the, the the good stuff was already pilfered through by the employees, right. and uh, it was like just you a, you know that your cousin Danny loves. Cheetor. Yeah, it's Beast Wars, and he, you know he wants Cheetor. Like, that's the one figure he wants. And so you go to every single store with your mother, and you're like, no, Danny only wants the cheetah that turns into the robot. Yeah. He doesn't want the rat. I want the rat. So I got it. I got the rat. The rat's cool. The rat was the coolest yeah, one. But trap. Danny loved Cheetor. So I went searching, 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 searching. I think I finally got him the one with green eyes. I might still have a Cheetor. It was, know. But I got him the second-rate repaint. Yeah, it was the repainted Tigatron to be Cheetor. Uh, so I never actually found him the original Cheetor. Well, a good example, I just thought of it, was like the mm. old He-Man figures. Not the old, old ones, just the old ones. Some of the 2000 ones. The 2000 ones. So like each crate or box would come with like, you got Merman, you got, you got five Skeletors and ten He-Man, right? Right. Merman's the coolest. <laughs> He's such the coolest. So like, so it's what would happen is like, for. there's one merman per like shipment, and there's a billion uh, he-men and like about half as many Skeletor. Yeah, and some merman stone. never ended up on the on the pegs. It never did because the people working there, or you'd have people like waiting, waiting for the delivery truck. Yeah, they go in, some they buy old up all the merman. Man. Sitting outside the store, yes, old man. between the between the truck and the the back of the store, <laughs> going, "Nope, that's mine." Oh no, 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 no! So no, the only no. place that's, you could find Merman was I online yeah. at like, it's not like that exorbitant prices. Stores are open twenty four hours now, so when you see the pellet come out, you can just walk by and get it. That's how I got Mace Windu. I opened a box, and went. <sighs> I would love a Mace Windu. I actually, the only Mace Windu thing I ever got, uh, somebody gave to me, it was a pin. There's a little Mace Windu pen. Mm. Uh, like a pen like you pen to your No, side. like a writing pen. Oh, like pen. a writing pen. Yeah. And so, like, you, he, it was just him, and he had, like, a, a little purple, pen, like, uh, a light-up yeah. lightsaber. No, cool. but it was, like, a purple ink, but it was a pen. Okay. And, but they only got it for me because they knew I'm a huge Samuel L. Jackson fan. Yeah. I don't. I could care less if he was Mace Windu. Mm-hmm. It's Mace Windu with Samuel L. Jackson. That's what matters. So they gave it to me, and I was, I was delighted. I've never actually seen a Mace Windu action figure. Yeah, it's because it's really hard to find. Almost as hard to find as, um, what was it? Was a figure? I don't even know if they made a 90s Nightwing figure or not for DC Universe Classics. Oh. The Teen Titans? Oh, uh, the the one with the golden yeah, I don't think arch they made... across. Uh... But I do remember it being really hard to find Nightwing um, in the blue. 
Yeah, but see, there was Deathstroke was really hard to find too. There was a point in time when they came out with DC Direct. Mm-hmm. When DC Direct hit and they were doing just specific storylines for collector figures, and you really had to order those. Yeah, absolutely. You had to either go to your comic shop and ask him to order it for you, which Jason at Comic Seller usually would do that for you. If oh, Jason's knew. awesome. He was a great guy. Comic Seller's a great place. If you live local to Memphis, check out Comic Seller. It's great. It's actually just called The Seller now. Is it just called The Seller now? Yeah, and it's on Sycamore View. Yeah. Uh, they've moved a few times, but they still exist, so go check them out. Still go into your local comic book stores. Still support the community. And that money, that retail, that's still what keeps that community alive. So uh, just just picture yourself as, a, as an archaeologist. You're going out to dig for something that's old. And you're going to love it because of that classic nature. So still go do those things. Is it comic seller as in a basement seller? Yes. Or as yeah, a yeah. Selling? Seller. He originally was in an old bank vestibule. Mm-hmm. And that's what he built the store inside of. And then they had to yeah. move that over. Uh, anyway, there's a long story behind yeah. that. But it was a great thing. When I was growing up, I'd ride my bike there. And he always had everything that I ever needed. He even would sell me like the Dragon Ball comic books that he would get. And he was like, nobody else is buying these. But you love them. <laughs> and I don't know why. But here you go, kid. I always felt special when I went to a comic book shop and they gave me... They knew what I wanted. The free... Previews, which is supposed to be free. Oh yeah. But then it, some some places try and sell it to you, which oh. is ridiculous. And uh, I always felt really special when they would give me like uh, their last copy because they don't get a whole bunch. Yeah. The one thing that I had to get off eBay were the uh, remember the archive book DC Archives. Yeah. I was lucky enough to find uh, volume one or two in the wild. Those the new Teen Titans books. Now, yeah. see, I was lucky enough to actually own those. My my father had collected those. They were, it was one of the greatest runs that they ever did. And you that is on time. You gave them away. Uh, the, the Teen Titans, I didn't. I thought you gave the new Teen Titans away. Not the new Teen Titans. That that I didn't give away. I would have to find where you I have traded. them hoarded right now. The Uncanny X-Men run, I did trade. Oh, that's what you of. traded. Yeah. For so, the Age of Apocalypse. Whoa! No, that was the Infinite Earths. Oh, okay, Crisis. So Crisis right. on Infinite Earths. I had that whole collection. Yeah. But for as far as the new Teen Titans, I had about 150 issues. Of the that's that's a significant book. Yeah, it was a great book actually, and I think that really the two of those correlated because when when new when new Teen Titans happened, um, it was like a reformation of the old original five member team. The five member team didn't really do that great on sales and critique um, mm-hmm. but this reformation of them where they introduce solid new characters such as Raven Cyborg, Cyborg Starfire mm-hmm. uh, they took the Changeling over made him Beast Boy and, and introduced that roster him that is kind of maintained that has yeah. maintained yeah. just and like the written by Marv Wolfman with art by with George Perez, Perez. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. I love it though. But that was one of the best runs, and it, it, see that reminded me of when the X Men switched over from the old original five member team. They introduced to what us now we would believe as the core team, like Storm, Nightcrawler, Colossus. Mm-hmm. But that happened around the same time. So for me, those two books were very paralleled. Oh yeah, with that, what did that start with the uh, giant size, number giant one. size number yeah. one, and they had all these X Men. Oh, I want that issue. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, we won't inspire jealousy among people. I don't want to be choked or throttled or, or made fun of for what I sold in my life. But 
So when... You gave it away for Age of Apocalypse. <laughs> I didn't trade everything for the Age of Apocalypse. For something here and there, probably. But I'm an artist. I collect art. I create. I collect what I can put in here. So if I can feed off of it and put that into my own stuff and make it a part of myself, that's what I do. And that's why I love this Kindle thing, uh, just because I can absorb all the information and, and storylines that were broken for me over time. So like with the Teen Titans, if I had been missing, if I had all the way up to issue 95, but then I was missing three issues, and then I had issue 99 or something like that. Um, well, what happened there? What little itty-bitty story plot lines happened It's there? like you missed an episode of a show you're watching, and you kind of like right. were able to pick up and, and carry on, but yeah. then there's that one episode you haven't seen. But, but I really don't know. Maybe the reference back to it, you had that little asterisk put in there, and yeah. it says refer back to issue 94. Well, there would be a subplot that was... Contained only in what that happened? Issue. Or that was a, a costume change issue. Yeah. But Nightwing changed from Robin to Nightwing. Oh, you could be freaking. No, I had that one. But so this Kindle thing has has given me the opportunity to go back through my life of all these really important storylines that I created the bridge plots for myself, and I was pretty good at knowing what what happened and how the plot went and everything. But now I can go back and really read through, not only uh, with George Perez's artwork, but when when they're telling the story, because there was actually an issue before issue number one that was like a special premiere thing that I've never read. Like a preview issue. It was a preview issue, and that was really cool to read. Um, so that's what the digital stuff has done for me, is given me some things that just I never would have found any other way. Mm -hmm. um, and reading the Teen Titans, and in my opinion, as far as DC Comics goes, and you can get mad at me or disagree, but I think that the Teen Titans is the solid stable of all of DC Comics. I don't think that the Justice League is a, as solid a team as the Teen Titans. And as been proven with the new 52 restructure, they even had to take a Teen Titan away from the Teen Titans just to make the Justice League Foundation stronger. Cyborg is now no longer a Teen Titan, but we know he is. Yeah, Every fan knows he is. That's really weird that they had him as a founding member of the Justice League. But it made that new 52 version really work. I know, but he should have still been Teen Titans, man. It's he like should. Well, how well. old is he by now? He's got to be no, like he's the, he's, he's the youngest he's member ageless. of the Justice League, so he's this teenager that's on the yeah. Justice League, uh, and you're just supposed to understand that. And and the Teen Titans got rebooted. There was actually... Um, so if he, Is he like, the leader like, or, of the Teen Titans? No, Robin was usually Robin. the leader. Night, every single time you have a Robin, they're the leader. Yeah. Is Damien on the Teen Titans? He is now. Is he he is Peter? now. So since Rebirth, he has a Teen Titans team, which, okay. Let me get there in a let's second. So let's go back to when you may have seen the Teen Titans for yourself first starting out. There was old Filmation cartoons, which if you saw them in your life, you'd be like, whoa, what's going on? Some sort of weird devilry. Uh, yeah, this is the art I uh, yeah. in my living room. Uh, so like this big... And of course, as fans, we're not going to care the fact of what's going on with Aqualad and Kid Flash and why is Wonder Girl staring at it. We're going to worry about what, Ronnie? What is going on with Kid Flash's color scheme? Why does he have black hair? Why is his color? Why are his oh, colors wait, inverted? He black why hair? is he, why does he have black was, hair? I thought that was a beret. 
<laughs> why, is, why is Wally West wearing a beret? I mean, that's just a valid question, I guess. Where's Robin? If Robin had been there, he would have fixed whatever was going on here. Maybe. So it looks like like they've messed up and they're afraid that Robin's going to find out. Yeah. Oh no! Don't tell Robin. Yeah. And Speedy's know, like, it's... "Well, I'm basically Robin," and everybody's like, "No, you're not." That's I like saying the Green Arrow's Batman. So I can't comment on that. Yeah. So, but honestly, that might have been your first introduction to some of these characters. Is the old cartoon Saturday morning cartoon blocks, and that was a great way to get introduced to some things. I I loved Superpowers and Super Friends. Oh, Super Friends was great. Oh yeah, that was great. This looks like a job for Superpowers yeah. and. Galactic Guardians, who, Firestorm, and Cyborg. That who enjoyed... Okay, this will be my question for you. Uh, did you enjoy more Marvin Wendy or the Wonder Twins? Because <laughs> uh, you know, right we, we remember Marvin Wendy, right? Not really. Okay, so they were just... Too, they didn't have any powers. They the were Wonder just basically... Twins, I didn't with watch the water, either of those. Water. They were the Galactic purple ones. Guardians. Wonder Twins powers, powers activate. Form of a purple eagle. Yeah, pretty much Form of a bucket water. of water. It's always a bucket of water. Yeah. Now, is it also... He was a tie wave one time. I was it the like bucket or is it just the water? He's just the water. The bucket's just so that the eagle, his sister, could carry him Wait, in the bucket. So are they just always carrying around a bucket? Yeah, so he can be there. They just have a bucket... All the time. To me, just in case. The the I think the monkey Blippo would Gleek. carry Gleek. That's Gleek. his name. Blippo Blippo was the one from Superman, right? Oh, anyway, anyway. Wait, was it Gleek or is no? Or is I think it might have been Gleek. I think you're right, actually. Actually, so, good can correction. someone please look that up? Uh, Who is the monkey for the Wonder Twins? Look that Gleek, up and let us know. I think know. Gleek might be from Space Ghost. No, because there was a monkey on Space Ghost as well. No. Yeah, he, he was evil though, right? Yeah. No, he's good. No. I don't know. That's uh, that's Powerpuff Girls. You're all you're yeah, all yeah. off the page. Well, Gleek is the Gleek is the blue and Gleek. You know what? I think we've had this argument and, before. Uh, I'm gonna have to go back know. into our well, archive, watch some old episodes because well, I think this argument's happened already. We haven't reviewed this yet, though. Super Friends. Yeah, yeah. that's the same Super thing. Super Friends is where that would come from. Yeah, Wonder Twins were on the Super Friends. So, but anyway. That might have been your introduction to it, and then you thought to yourself, I'm going to convince Mom to take me to the comic book store, and I'm going to find an issue of the Teen Titans. So you would have seen the original Silver Age Teen Titans, had you been old enough, and that would have consisted of the uh, the, the, mm. the core cast, which was the original five members, which would have been Robin, Dick Grayson, the Wonder Boy, uh, the original Robin. Some people opinionate that he's the only Robin um, there's ten more Robins after him, so you know whatever, whoever your preference is. And then you had uh, Donna, uh, Donna Troy, Wonder Girl. Wonder Girl. Uh, you had Aqua Lad, played by Garth. Wally uh, West. You know you had Wally West, played by the Kid Flash, and you had Speedy. Roy and Harper. yeah, Roy Harper b- being the Green Arrow sidekick. And if, oh yeah. Speedy. If you're unlucky enough to be called Speedy and not be the Flash's sidekick, and also be Green Arrow's sidekick, you eventually do heroin. Which is true because like then we the moved on. Yeah, we yeah. moved on to the new Teen Titans. And when we moved on to the new Teen Titans, as we said before, one of the greatest runs, they actually had some issues where they had to deal with drugs within the team. They had issues. They had issues. Yeah. These kids actually had issues now. Yeah. That's one of the great things about reading the new Teen Titans. 
very akin to how Stan Lee would present things in the Marvel side of the world. So when you read Uncanny X-Men, it's not just a superhero team. It's like a a soap lot opera. of issues. It's a yeah, soap opera. Personal uh, drama. There were issues where you don't see them for a while in their in their costume. Well, I mean, that's that's what really like uh, drives narrative is the human personal drama. Everything else is just you know stage dressing. Right, uh, right. And so the, even the battles sometimes wouldn't even occur. One of my favorite issues of all time was actually an Uncanny X-Men issue where Wolverine takes out Colossus and Nightcrawler. They go to the bar because Colossus is upset because he broke Kitty Pride's heart. Like takes he broke him out like for a night of He takes drinking. him out for a night Not of man like, drinking. Out. So as they're sitting at, at the bar, Wolverine's ba- Logan's basically telling Colossus that he screwed up yeah. by breaking her heart and moving on. And he's like, but you don't understand in Mother Russia. Anyway, he's sad about something or other. Hard to break yeah. Well, Kane Marco, the juggernaut, yeah. not as the juggernaut, but just as himself, wanting to get a drink, comes walking in. Wait, does the he not have his helmet on? Nope. He's just wearing some normal Why clothes. Why is he just wearing that all the time? Well, he, want, he wanted to just go out and have drinks and meet some ladies. He can't. He's the juggernaut. He's super buff. He can totally meet ladies. Well, I mean, like, like he's vulnerable. <laughs> Well, only to a psychic. Okay. That helmet only protects him from yeah, mental you, people. You're right. You're so anyway, right. he walks into the bar. Logan notices it. And so basically stages a fight between Colossus yeah. and Juggernaut by like bumping him into him. Oh, trying to get him to like get out of his funk. Right. So then Juggernaut and Colossus start just going to pound town. They're going at it with each other. And Nightcrawler's like, oh God, we must help. And yeah. Logan's like, nope. Sure don't have to, and pushes him back into his chair, and he's like, "This is this kid's fight, and he's going to learn his lesson." And so Colossus gets trashed by the Juggernaut. Oh man! And after it's all over with, Logan walks up, and he's like, "You ever break her heart again?" But that was just the coolest part of that issue was it had nothing to do with like superhero antics, not really. So basically, Wolverine was just going to let him get beat up because he was mad at him. Yeah, and he knew he wasn't going to be able to beat him yeah, up. Yeah, I, I can't do that because I because Kitty probably would be mad at me. Plus, I can't do that. Yeah. Like if I hit Colossus, it's not going to do anything. Well, he's got amazing. You can't. At that time, we were fully of the belief, headcanon wise, that the the claws would not cut through the organic steel. But anyway, that's irrelevant at this point. We'll argue that in the X-Men. Um, but that was a lot of what happened in the Teen Titans was a lot of that stuff. Roy Harper was addicted to heroin. They had to deal with that. Um, Robin had a lot of angst towards Batman. Uh, Kid Flash thought he was in love with Raven because she put a spell on him so that he would join the team. Oh, man. Oh, it was all sorts of messed up. Cyborg was super depressed because he was a cyborg. And he used teenager. to be a great athlete. That's another thing. Yeah. They were all teenagers, they were teenagers, so they're all super depressed. Yeah, they all, all the had these weird little story arcs and weird contrived things, but they were teenagers. It must be so easy to write teenagers. Coriander, uh, Starfire. She's a teenager, but she's a rebel teenager from outer space. Well, like you could write mm-hmm. stuff completely out of character, and it's in character if they're a teenager. Yeah, because they'll have these mood swings, you know. Oh yeah, why did they do that? Or, or why did they do that? The, oh, they're a teenager. The storyline when uh, they picked up an extra character, her name was Tara. And uh, Beast Boy was super in love with her, like head over heels, like always obsessed with her, just like a, like the nerd at the back of the class that sees the cheerleader walk in, or the goth girl, and he's like, oh, she's my new favorite thing in the world, he's in love with her. Nothing could be wrong with her. But she's working secretly for Deathstroke. Uh-oh. And betrays the whole team. Yeah. It's the Judas Contract, one of the greatest story arcs they had. And so... Um, in this 
they all find out. And it breaks Beast Boy's heart. You know, that's one of the mm-hmm. biggest selling points on the whole book is how much it breaks his heart about this. And not just the fact that this one-eyed, crazy soldier dude named Deathstroke is trying to kill them, but the fact that they got betrayed by one of their own. And she's like, oh, there's so much messed up with that story. I'm not even going to go into it. But she was like in love with Deathstroke. So anyway, he's like 50. She was like 14. Yeah. But he might that doesn't come up a lot. But there was Geoforce, so that's interesting. Right. So... But I thought Deathstroke just looked old. He's actually no. old. He, he is old. He is old. He is old. He maintains himself because he's basically Captain America. Yep. He's got a super soldier serum. Yep. Basically. But didn't make him look old. I don't know. I have... The white hair and everything happens over time. He's just gained that over time by actually aging. But his oh, okay. muscle structure, his body, everything about him stays as resilient he because he's a super soldier. 90% of his brain or something like that? Yes. Yeah. He can oh, use that old trope. Yeah. I use a hundred percent of my brain. Well he can he can multitask. Yeah. So like he can use this percentage of his brain to do one thing while he's thinking about something else over here. He's yeah, they multitasking. Say that you can't actually do that. You know? They say you can't, but, but if you can. live in a comic book yeah. and you've had the super soldier serum introduced to you, you can. And you can survive a gunshot to I the eye. You know, I do think you can. Um I mean, I know... We'll have to call Neil deGrasse Tyson and see how he weighs No, we need his um, input on uh, a oh, question yeah. I have for this comment. Uh, well, for real quick, before we get to that, uh, let's fast forward through some of the time. Jeff Johns did some, some drawing or some writing on the Teen Titans for a while. One of the greatest runs mm-hmm. introduced Superboy, our clone, who I miss this character in the new 52. They've completely... Just obliterated this character and yeah. sent him to the to the winds. But that Superboy was one of my favorite characters. That same. was a great iteration. He was, uh, introduced with the death of Superman. He was yeah, right. It's yeah. the same one. And this Metropolis was the fulfillment kid. of this character uh, was that we find out that the cloning structure that was used to keep his Kryptonian DNA together yeah. was Lex Luthor. So his fathers are Lex. Lex Luthor and Superman. Wow. Um, he's got my two dads issues. Uh, so he doesn't we had the exist Tim anymore. Drake Robin, who we no longer really have that much of anymore. Yeah. Um, well, he's a, he became a somewhat like uh, other character. Like uh, he's now like the Red Robin. The now Red he's Robin. called the Drake yeah. or the the Magical Duck or the Drake, which is the, the duck. duck. He's the duck now. But the trick is the most dangerous bird out there. Yeah, it's a duck. Yeah, Um, that was I had his uh, first appearance. That kid flash right there was actually called Wobbling at me. Oh yeah, the grandson of the original uh, Barry Allen before Barry Allen came back. So this was a great run. This was when Cyborg was actually leading the team, and he was trying to raise all of these young. No longer a teenager, right? And so, but they had another run called the Titans at the time. But anyway. And then we move forward in history to when the New 52 and Rebirth soft reboots changed the whole world. So this is where I was talking about before. That's Damian Wayne. Yeah, he's the new... That's his Robin. His way of bringing that team together, which consists of Starfire and Raven and Beast Boy, and you're not supposed to believe that they were ever a part of the original New Teen Titans. Yeah, and that's... uh, Yeah, because that's the Wally West from the New 52 universe... No, uh, that the Kid Flash there is yeah. The, yeah, that's Wally West. The new Wally West, not the old Wally West. Right. But they coexist. They do. Uh, and so that's the new Aqualad that came from the Young Justice cartoon. He was really popular in that, but that came from Jackson Hyde, which was in the Brightest Day run. Oh. So they got that from that and then take that and then move it into this. 
the style changed, okay. but the characterization it sounds complicated. It was DC makes things complicated on it's, purpose. But so yeah. this is the new Teen Titans that's been presented to us, which is running concurrently with another uh, book, which is called Titans, which has. Nightwing, the original Wally West. Uh, oh, so it's the original Teen Titans. Yeah, phase. but yeah. they're a lot more gritty and cool. That's they're actually not, a fun book to read. Not teens anymore. This is a great book to read, though, if you're into some antics, because Damian Wayne puts this team together by oh, kidnapping gosh. all of these people and forcing them to be on his team. That sounds like something Damian Wayne would do. It was amazing. I love Damian Wayne. So... Everything he does is just fun for me. So I like, think do, he is the best. Do they know role. him as Damian Wayne? Eventually. So do, do he they, doesn't care that much. He'll walk around without his mask. Do on. They also he doesn't know understand that, that whole thing. He thinks he should be recognized as the most dangerous person well, yeah. in the world. He's yep. very dangerous. But do they does it do they make the connection with Bruce Wayne and Batman? Oh, they know. Yeah, he doesn't care about releasing the secret. Yeah. He doesn't think that there's any reason. He just wears the Robin stuff because it symbolizes what he's learning from Batman. Mm-hmm. But now he has like, this big monster bat thing that goes around with him as his his pet too. It's some strange stuff that happened with Damian Wayne, but he is just a fun character to follow if you like that. In my world, Red Hood and Damian Wayne are the two best Robins. You know, I would like to see, and, and this is I'm just throwing this out there because I want to read it. A uh, uh, future version version of Damian Wayne travels back in time for whatever reasons Damien Wayne would travel back in time. And so you have like some alternate potential future, fully grown, fully matured, like uh, trained. There are some books you could read where that sort of stuff has been happening, not necessarily through time travel, through clone progression, and also through nightmares. Read the Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo run of Batman. Has okay. a lot to do with like some Damian Wayne stuff. Oh, I love it. But uh, anyway, there was some great stuff with Damian Wayne being Batman as an adult. Oh, and how he how he he, he destroyed so much yeah. stuff. He like caused the apocalypse. And um, speaking of Titans, uh, there's a live action TV series that's out. Well, right before now. we get to that though, let's go through how they introduced this stuff to us. So we remember the whole mm-hmm. filmation stuff. But then, of course, Cartoon Network came along and they presented us with a new Teen Titans show, which was very anime, kind of quirky. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was funny. It had its funny, quirky moments, but it was a good show, kind of had a stable plot line. I loved watching that. It I actually. It reminded me of I, the uh, DC uh, Ultimate uh, Justice League. Right, the, yeah. the Unlimited. I got um, a Unlimited, yeah. What's I've only seen one or two episodes of the It's worth watching. It was really good. They had some, some solid characterization in there. They had plot lines. They had emotional growth. They had story arcs. It, Slade was kind of scary. They never called well, him Deathstroke. That, that was why I never watched it. It was a really Death cool Stroke Slade. Fan, and it's like, it was like, his name is Slade. And I'm like, well, this is stupid. I'm not watching it. you got to get over it. It's good to watch. <laughs> So go ahead and get over that. Watch that. Mm-hmm. That's good for you. It's it's like eating your carrots. Um, and but then there's something that's of not course, good for you. Then they realized in Cartoon Network world, Adult Swim was getting really famous with um, things like Aqua Teen Hunger Force and We Are the Aqua Teen. Just basically yeah. people who sat at home and watched cartoons but shouldn't. Mm-hmm. They're not kids anymore, and they that do. They smoke too many things that aren't legal. Uh, that was, I mean, I'm not looking at. So I, I can't, they I can't changed it to this: Teen yeah. Titans Go. I never watched this. As in, go away. 
Yeah. Uh, I've actually yes. s- now I've got a, I've got a confession. I've actually watched a lot of it because my kids got really into it. I think that there are two to three episodes that are worth your time, and that all has to do with Cyborg listening to a cassette tape. Um, but he listens to this old band, and it gives him superpowers and belief in himself. And they have this song in a music video that goes along with it called Night Begins to Shine. I've got that song on my phone because my kids love to listen to it. And the classic style that they animated the episode into to make it into a 1980s punk uh, music video is just so fun to watch. But it it didn't have that bad animation. Yeah, it's... To me, it's like I bought actually back when I worked at a game exchange and we could rent movies for free. I felt ripped off when I rented the Teen Titans go to the movie for free. Um, yeah. Now, I did have a couple of funny jokes in it. Yeah, I mean, some things were hilarious. But <laughs> I paid too much for this. It was free. <laughs> of it, I just I didn't enjoy it. There was it. actually I mean, a really funny thing. and I, uh, Like I said, I hate the show. I really don't think it's great. But there are some funny, funny things in it. Like where Robin has yeah. his bow staff. He comes up to all of them and he says, Staff meeting! And he just starts smacking them in the heads with the staff. There's some it makes fun- no sense, but it was just funny for the There's moment. There's some funny Kids things on there, but it's... Who doesn't? Yeah, Looney Tunes part of that. So, anyway, uh, that's your your track record of how they've, never been, this show. how they've been giving you uh, silver screen uh, Teen Titans. So now we move to where the DCEU, which is also known for making the best decisions in quality, has made a live-action TV show only premiered on their DC Universe app. Which is why I haven't seen it. It's, I paid the money for the subscription. I am not asking for the money back, but I am not going to renew. I don't think a lot of their quality content has been high quality, but this was an interesting iteration of the Teen Titans. Ronnie, go ahead, let it out. Let it out. Same you you love say. this show, right? Huh? I don't love it. I like it a lot. Um, I think it's fun to watch the character. Yeah, it's fun. Because you love the character. The first season... Okay. The first season was okay. I thought it was overly gritty, overly dark for no reason. Cussing for no reason. Yeah, cussing. It it just seemed like like they were just having fun. It's like, oh, we're going to make this person cuss. We're going to make this person drop the F-bomb We're going to make it the Deadpool version of the Teen Titans, but without humor. Yeah, and it's like some of it Gratuitous was... Gratuitous cussing. I mean, Gratuitous had, cussing. I mean, the first season was just... I don't know. The second season was like what it is... Okay. This Have you is, watched this anything is, beyond the first episode of the second season yet? Not yet. I haven't seen the second episode yet. I'm planning on watching so it So you've seen the original last episode of the first season? Yes, original. That's how I feel about that. It, it is wonky. It's timey-wimey. I think season two... Should just be called course correction. Course correction, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm really interested in our, seeing episode two. It's titled Rose. Dude, our boys in there though. Distro Oh yeah, no, he's going to show up. Superboy's going to show up. Uh, so that, that cool. and our lads as well. Garth. No. Yeah. Garth is going to show up. Now to sidetrack. I was just reminded of that Superboy show. From like the late. Oh yeah, Gerard Christopher. Yeah, and no, uh, no, no. no. First season was first season was. uh, I love that show for some reason. I never, I haven't seen it since. So I might not. I can't do that. I'll watch Lois and Clark all day long, but I can't do that. Can't do Uh that. I can't. Smallville. You like Smallville? I did. 
I'm going to tell you that I watched it like it was crack cocaine. Yeah. Addictively. I enjoyed um, it. I enjoyed Michael the Rosenbaum. crap out of it. If I go back and watch it... It's a WB show. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But the acting... Okay, to give you this, that Titans show that they've been giving us, yeah. and we don't have to go back to the picture, but that Titans show that they've been giving us, the quality is on par with that Smallville show. Okay. But yeah. yet, acting as if they like had given later. it so much money... When we know that the Disney Plus show is coming out for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, oh are God. actually going to be like movie funded. They're going to yes. blow. It's going to blow away. all this away. We're not going to care anymore. Um, one of the things that we did over the past two weeks was we uh, watch the Titan show and be upset for yourself. I I just can't. It's going to have. It's going to get better. And I'll watch better. anything with Deathstroke, and I'll collect yeah, any Deathstroke figure there is. I'll bootleg it for you. No, I'm just kidding, DC. I'll have to get you to come over sometime. So, this is a book that our producer went out and picked up for us. He got three copies for us, so so we could just take it home, read it. Uh, If you can see, it it is called The Sea of Stars. All right, and this is an issue one. Uh, Jason Aaron is the artist. Or, no, Jason Aaron's the writer. Uh, Dennis Hallam, I believe, is. What are you doing, Dennis Hallam? I don't know. He's also a co-writer, and then Stephen Green's the artist, and I believe, in my opinion, after reading this, the colorist, Rico Renzi. You, sir, are the star of the show in this. Absolutely. Um, the, The art, the line, the lines are clean. The panels are pretty easy to follow. They're, they're well structured. Um, some of the writing, I don't know if I really um, agree with the strokes that the writers took. I, Maybe because there's two writers, they kind of like battled each other on some shows. Okay, it's not a whole lot. Of sport. With some of the terms in there and stuff like that, I felt like the character. Okay, let me see if you got this feeling from it as well. The mutant gang from Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, that's what they felt like they with were the weird about. slang. Yeah, there's some weird slang in here, which I get. You're trying Space to, farts. yeah, you're trying to like give but, give it that quality of something out there. But, but I digress. It's a very beautiful book, though. The honestly, though, the colorist, because the art's good, but the colorist does yeah, this that's, effect that's what I mean. where you can see like here, I'm inside the spaceship. It's got these cool blues, uh, kind of a shaded gray tone to it. It's kind of like a dank inside of a spaceship, right? But then, all of a sudden, like an explosion, you know that there's outside the spaceship because it's like this bright purple, vibrant pink, all these great colors. And the colorist just does a great job of making that a reality for you inside, outside the I spaceship. Like the space is not just dark. Right. It's, it's not even it's like dark vibrant. with some like... Uh, Interesting. They need like, to nab this guy stuff. from fourth world stuff. Man. This guy would be great, like like the Kirby. Kirby stuff? Yeah. yeah, like Kirby his Kirby esque. Like he had to have been a fan of that. Absolutely. Um, so, like I said, the the storyline uh, it's a first issue, so maybe give it a chance to build. It's probably one of those types of things. Um, You want to bring up any nitpicking uh, that you have? I don't want to nitpick Adam too much because they worked on it and they got it published. They've done more than I have in my life, um, but I'm not going to say that the 
authorship is that great. Some of it confuses me as far as you're not selling me on why I want to buy this again. But if you continue to have Rico Renzi get work, I'm willing to help support him as a colorist. I want him to get around more. This He's amazing. Like, if he could go work for Guardians of the Galaxy, um, I would read that Put book. him on some yeah. cosmic stuff. Yeah, cosmic Marvel. stuff. He needs cosmic Just stuff. Just good, yeah. good job on the coloring, dude. And uh, Stephen Green, you did a great job with your lines. Very clean. The panel work was very clean. You got good splashes going on here and there that I thought were really well done. I just don't know if I buy into cork sharks and stellar winds and solar winds. That was my nitpick. Yeah. And it really is a nitpick. So there's this uh, point at which uh, the father figure, the father. Um, the father. Is, yeah. He's the a trucker. He's a trucker. He's a space trucker. He's a space trucker. Uh, incredibly original idea, by the way. Yeah, it's just, this book to me isn't full of uh, a whole lot of original ideas. But it is full of great. But it does have potential, and I say that not having read any of the uh, follow-ups, and they could lead to amazing places. So it's a good setup for that, but it is basically a generic setup. It's very generic. Uh, so it could go literally from anywhere. But you know, I mean, but, um, if you had read issue one of The Walking Dead, yeah, it's just another zombie. Yeah, you, you know. probably would have thought very generic and uh, mm-hmm. not really what I'm going to be into. And then all of a sudden, the whole world changed because of The Walking Dead. But People's my, uh, grandmothers are watching it. My nitpick with this um, was when the father figure was talking to his son uh, about how they're going to be traveling the solar wind back to Earth. And I thought for a second, I was like, wait a second, solar wind. That's our sun. That's our son's like uh, stellar wind, uh, and so like how could you travel? How could you travel by our own sun, our own stars? Wind so what he's getting at back to Earth. What he's getting at is that stars create stellar wind. This is the science of it. Our sun, being called Sol, as its name is Sol, it's stellar wind creates solar winds because that's its name. So it's like I'm a human, I create human winds, but because he my does. name is Tony, they're Tony winds. Tony winds. It's my Tony tingle going off. Um, anyway, yes, that's an issue. Uh, uh, yeah, so like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, sir, we since we know that you're watching, we're gonna hashtag your name like 50 times, please, Neil deGrasse Tyson. If you can help us understand this issue. And maybe even co-star on our show. We would love to have you. Please don't steal my girlfriend the from me. Of comic books. Yeah. Ooh, dude. Neil deGrasse Tyson comes on and just does a few episodes with us, a little panel work, <laughs> and just call that the science of comic books. And he can explain how he thinks how it breaks it's all down. Wrong, There's YouTube channels out there that do it, but they don't have Neil deGrasse Tyson. Please, sir, help us out. We love you. Now, um, but overall. Uh, the way I want to wrap this up, uh, talking about the Teen Titans and how we've gone over the topic of this show, I think for all of us, you know, well, maybe at least most of us, you know, because I can't speak for everybody in the world, uh, but we typically try to move through life finding a place of belonging or trying to find out who we are, find ourselves, you know, and I think that we get lost on that sometimes because we lose the fact that the people that you experience that journey with, the people that are with you along that path, if you forget to look at them, you're not really realizing who you are because it's those experiences, it's those friendships, those uh, your friends, your enemies, your lovers, those are the people that make you who you are. 
your experiences with them, how you treat them, how you respond to them, how you receive them. Um, and I think that with what we've talked about today, uh, the, the, the core of the Teen Titans, the core of Uncanny X-Men, things of that nature, these, these teenagers, these coming-of-age stories, those are really what those books are about, in my opinion. Not just the drama behind them, because that does make it interesting. Well, it builds their character. It builds their character. Exactly. Those correlations, those relationships, those stories that you go through with each other, that's what builds your character as a person. And I think that that's what we should learn from this modern mythos. So for me, who am I without my friends here with me to do this thing? The friends that are behind the panel, the friends who help remind us what time it is, the friends who help remind us to stay on track, the friends who believe in us and support us along the way, that's what makes us who we are. So as you go through life and you enter college and you're doing whatever you're doing or you're trying to find your job, don't forget that it's the friendships that you make along the way, the people that travel this journey with you that, that truly make you the hero or villain if you want to be one, uh, that, that you're going to be, that you're meant to be. And if you ever feel yourself forgetting who you are, just reground yourself, look around yourself, and remember that those friendships are what give you everything that you're about. So that's what I think the Teen Titans is about. I think that that's what X-Men's about. I mm -hmm. think that that's what a lot of these comic books and these modern mythoses are about. So I want you to remember that, people, and always be good to your yourself and to each other and keep those friendships strong. And also, don't forget, because two out of three ain't bad, there's merch. That's right. Mm -hmm. Turn the Page has merchandise. And all various sizes. There are sizes. They're easy to go through. You can find us on the Facebook page. We still have an eBay page as well. You can follow this link to our Facebook page, though. And you can find one of our great color selections. You can find a size that'll fit you. You can even buy one for your grandma because Christmas isn't too far away. And she would love it as a Christmas present because she's been following this show for you. And she loves everything you give her anyway. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So buy our merchandise. We'll be coming up with some new merchandise here soon. And we'll be selling that to you as well. We look forward to you participating and supporting our show because that's what continues to get us here and because of our love of comic books, TV, movies, video games, and everything nerdery. We live the nerdist lifestyle. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Join us next time at the same general time, same general channel. Same general. Uh, <laughs> as long as Friday the 13th full moon that happens every 13 years doesn't happen again and Shit. strike our equipment dead, we will see you in two weeks right here for our next episode, which we will be covering. Dude, we will publish... I believe it was the X-Men uh, that we're going to be doing. We'll publish that right onto our page. Check it out there. We'll publish a episode guide of what's coming up and what we're going to be going over. And we'll see you then. And thank you. And be good to each other. Don't forget to support what you love. Don't bash what you hate. Thank you. And join us next time.